everyone. Can you all hear me through your radios? Good morning. Good morning. We are, we are so glad that we are able to worship with you on this beautiful November morning. I do not remember a November morning quite so lovely where we're going to get into the 80s. I don't know what's happening, but I love it and I'll take all of it. So we're just so glad to be able to worship with you on this beautiful sunshiny morning. Um, you can just wave at each other right now. We've been doing that when we do the in-person. We've been waving. That's our greeting time. So everybody turn and wave at somebody around you. We, uh, we just, oh, I love that. Let's do that every week. <laughs> uh, we just, we are so glad to worship with you. So if you'll just lift your voices, if you need the words to our songs this morning, you go to www.firstfire-trinity.com. And those are on the Sunday morning lyrics button. Uh, you can click that and it will download our lyrics this morning. You can sing along with us.
snow wall you won't kick down lie you won't tear down coming after me there's no shadow you won't light up mountain you won't climb up coming after me there's no wall you won't kick down lie you won't tear down that you would chase down one of us when you have hundreds and thousands and millions that you would be seeking after one individually God but we know that you are Lord God find us chase us down God break our hearts for what breaks yours soften us let us have ears to hear and eyes to see. Let us love like you love Lord. Lord God, we love you. Thank you for your son, Jesus. We thank you for this beautiful day that we get to worship together. In Jesus' name, amen. get started this morning, I want to take a moment. Um, this Wednesday coming up is Veterans Day. Um, so let's do this. If uh, if you are a veteran, you served in the armed forces sometime in your life, if you can uh, maybe blow your horn and raise your hand or something away so we can see. All right. And now uh, everybody else wants you to blow your horn and uh, thanks to them. We, we appreciate your service and uh, celebrate with you this week. Well, we are uh, today, we are at the final uh, fruit of the Spirit, and uh, we're talking about self-control today. Let me read the passage to you uh, one more time. Galatians 5.22, starting 5.22 says this, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, 
goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against things like this. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the self with its passions and its desires. If we live by the Spirit, let's follow the Spirit. Let's not become arrogant, make each other angry, or be jealous of each other. When I saw the topic this week of, of self-control, I'm going to be honest with you, the first thing I thought about was Halloween candy. All right? Um, none of my kids went trick-or-treating uh, this year. Instead, um, their mom bribed them with, we'll go to Walmart the day after Halloween and buy a lot of Halloween candy at half price. That completely worked. And so we have these giant bags of different varieties of candies. My dad brought by candy for the kids. And um, I don't think I'm the only one, right, who when there is candy in the house, that you go and you grab a few pieces here and there. I'm not alone, right? Okay. All right. And, and they're so tempting because they're small. It's not like you're eating a whole candy bar. You're just eating like seven of the little ones, which surely can't be as big as a full-size one. And you do this over and over again, but that's that moment, and that's what I've been thinking about when it comes to self-control. It's like self-control is, is not being able to say, or self-control is being able to say no even when everything in you is going, I want that thing. Some definitions of self-control. Restraint of one's emotions, impulses, or desires. Another way to say it is self-control is one of the few characteristics of a godly person that is not also directly attributed to God's character. Here in Galatians, um, it says it's a fruit of the Spirit, so it comes from God, but God doesn't have like uh, uh, a lack of self-control. That's not something that, that the Bible describes him as a person who, or a being that has self-control. But we as humans are locked in this thing of having self-control or a lack of self-control. Self-control comes from the Spirit, just like all these other fruits of the Spirit. And lack of self-control comes from the flesh. Next week, we're going to dive into um, really talking about what does it mean um, to crucify the flesh. That's that phrase that comes right after the fruit of the Spirit. We're going to talk about that. But for now... We know that self-control is something that the Holy Spirit enables us to do. There's only three places in all of uh, the New Testament that this, this word self-control is used. Here in the fruits of the Spirit, one other place, and then the passage we're going to look at this morning uh, just a bit. comes from 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. It says this, God didn't give us a spirit that is timid or fearful, but one that is powerful, loving, and self-controlled. God did not give us a spirit of timidity or fear, but a spirit of power, love, and self-control. 2 Timothy is one of those letters that Paul, the Apostle Paul, wrote um, in the New Testament. And he writes this letter in particular to his son in the faith, Timothy. He mentored Timothy. He loved Timothy. 
Um, he was helping Timothy out. This letter itself is written to Timothy when Timothy was um, in Ephesus. And he left Timothy in Ephesus to carry on the work that he started there. And in, in essence, Paul throughout these letters are, is trying to remind Timothy of the things that are most important, the things he needs to pay attention to, the things that he know he needs to remember that he knows. Um, I've kind of reached that, man, I sound, I sound old when I say this, but I've kind of reached that place in my life now where there's enough people that I was having one of these phone calls last night with somebody else that was a, a pastor. And in all these conversations you have with other pastors, it's one of these things where you sometimes remind people of the things that they, they know, they know for sure. The things that are so certain. Things that when everything else is going crazy, they can hold on to. And this is what Paul is doing for Timothy. And he's reminding him of a few things that we need to be reminded of this morning. First of all, it's this. That, that God's spirit, when it moves in someone, when God's spirit moves in someone, it does not move them towards fear. And I want to say this, the whole series that we've been going through can kind of be boiled down to this reality. The spirit of God is the driver in our life. If we want to live a life that's aligned with God, that's, that is moving towards Him, that's doing His work, then it's a life that's going to be defined and driven by the work of the, whole, the Holy Spirit. And Paul makes it very clear that it's either we're being, either being moved along, led by, and, and, and being kept and, and staying in step with God's Spirit, or we're living by the flesh and being driven by our flesh i.e. that lack of self-control. So one of the questions we have to ask throughout this series is, are we connected to God's Spirit? Are we paying attention to the work the Spirit is doing in us? Because if we are, the Spirit has a way of moving us forward and moving in the direction that we're called to move. And when the Spirit moves, we are not people that are driven forward anymore by timidity and fear. And I just want to hit on these few things really quick, and then we'll get to the self-control piece, I promise. But Paul, let me say it this way, Paul groups all of these things together. The spirit, the spirit that you have, Timothy, is not one that causes you to be timid. It's one that causes you to work in real power and in love and self-control. They all go together. Fear that, that, that Paul is, is making sure Timothy is not driven by and reminding him that it doesn't come from the Spirit. Fear is one of those eternal motivators of people. Eternal motivators. It's, it's, it's what is used at times to motivate people. And it's not just other people on the outside trying to motivate people with fear. But internally, sometimes we are motivated and move forward because of the fear that we feel inside. I want to remind you this morning that in Scripture, the thing that is held up as the opposite 
of love is fear. Scripturally speaking, when when love and there's an opposite held up of it, it is fear. Because fear has a way of eroding a person's soul like nothing else. People that are driven and moved and motivated by the Spirit, they are not people that spark or create fear in others. They're also people that have understood that, that the, the fear within them is not coming from God. The Spirit of God stands in conflict with that. The Spirit of God and people driven by the Spirit also act in power. We talked about this last week. Again, Paul wrote Galatians. Paul wrote 1 Timothy. Um, when, you, when it comes down to it, he didn't have a whole lot of new material. He just took the, the things he knew and kept on talking about them in different ways. Because he uses this word here that, that you've been given the Spirit of power. We talked about this last week. Strength under control. Remember, those that are moved by the Spirit display strength under control. And he also says that people driven by the Spirit move forward and they act in love. <coughs> love was the first of all the fruits of the Spirit, right? Love. It's very interesting to me that all of these things, as he's reminding Timothy of who he is called to be, are all things that show up in the fruit of the Spirit. And the very last one is that the Spirit, when it drives you forward, you act in a way that is self-controlled. So we think about self-control today. We think about it is restraint. It is not going along with our natural tendencies. It's in, in its simplest form, and it's kind of maybe one of its most um, innocent forms. I don't know if I want to use that word innocence with this. Is like, looks like, I really do want to eat that candy. I'm just going to go get one piece, two piece, three piece, four pieces. It's not a big deal because I want it right now. This is also shows up in, I just want to be angry right now. I just want to lash out at somebody right now. And, and it feels right, so I'm just going to say it. I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to be there. Like usually sentences. If you want to find where the places in you that you need to, to practice self-control and God needs to work on you. They usually start with, I just want to. Think about that for a second. And again, sometimes these aren't things that we say out loud, but internally. I just want that piece of candy right now. I'm going to go get it. It's not a big deal. It's a small piece. And it goes all the way from candy all the way through everything in our life. And there's moments where we are presented that, that we can say yes to God's spirit working in us, or we can say yes to our flesh. That's what it boils down to. So I want to offer you something this week as a takeaway, as a, as a way to kind of get at this in your life and figure out what's going on. I want you to start here by asking, 
where is the place that I need to exercise self-control? Where is the place in your life that you need to exercise self-control? I'm guessing that it, it probably will not take you long to think about a place that you need to exercise self-control. Most of us, especially during these times, it feels like there's so many things that, um, that we're just respond, we're, we're just reacting to, right? Um, like it's like somebody sneaks up behind you and, and pokes you in the back or the side and you jump. Like it feels like our whole lives has been this just whatever is right there. We just snap and we react to it in the moment. And we don't have self-control. So I think that it shouldn't be hard for you to find that place that you need to practice and exercise self-control. When you identify that, that thing, that place, start asking God, God, help me. God, help me with this. I keep on going and getting the candy over and over and over again. God, help me to say no to it. Or God, help me to say no at one piece. <coughs> God, show me what I need to see. Uncover the stuff within me that I need to see <coughs> as it relates to exercising the self-control that comes to your spirit. Show me. Show me. And Father, the last thing you can you can pray is, Father, um, check me with your spirit. So as I'm trying to practice self-control, because remember, self-control is something that only happens as you are being led and as you are keeping in step with the spirit. Self-control is not something that's just generated because you try really, really hard. So identify it. Ask God to help you. Help God to sh ask God to show you. Ask God to use His Spirit to show you what you need to see to practice self-control this week. And I want to offer one more thing this morning. And... Um, and it's this idea. End of the day today, there is uh, there, there's a lot of room for us in today and in the days ahead to practice self-control. Because like America has this rhythm, right? Every four years, someone gets elected. And when they do, most of the time, there's about half the people that are really happy about that, and there's about half the people that are really sad about that. What has become the norm and needs to not be the norm anymore is the fact that when that happens, we go to what I'm going to just simply call, we start building walls between us and the people that disagree with us. 
And if you've been on social media in the last 24 hours, you've seen this already. I want to challenge you, church, to be not people that build walls within your relationships, within your work relationships, within school, within wherever you go, wherever you interact with people. I don't, we, we don't want to build walls right now, but instead we want to make tables. We want to make tables. We want to make tables and set tables where we can be with other people, even when we disagree with them. Like this is part of this self-control thing. There's one part when we are not self-controlled that simply says, I'm mad, I disagree, I hate, and I'm just going to lash out. That's way oversimplified, but I think that's what a lot of us are tempted to do. When we do that, we are not exercising the self-control that comes through God's Spirit. Jesus had a way of both the people that saw the world like he did and those that didn't see the world as he saw them. He had a way of making tables and inviting people to tables. At the end of the day, church, we are the people that get to set tables in this world for other people to experience God's grace, his love, and his hope. And we need more than ever right now, this day, this week, this month, this coming year, to be those people that make tables and not be the people that builds walls. And I believe that at the end of the day, at the end of the day, that is not only our call, but it is one of these ways that we need God to help us practice self-control. We pray with me this morning. Father, you know what is needed. You know what is good. You know what is whole. You know what every person that's sitting here in this parking lot needs to hear today. I pray through your spirit that you speak to them. I pray that you give them the conversations and the, the wondering thoughts later on today to come back to what your spirit is doing within them. Lead and guide and direct us. Help us. Help us, Father, to be people that practice self-control through the work of your Holy Spirit within us. Let us participate. Let us stay in step with. Give us straight paths to walk and strengthen our legs as we walk those paths. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. One of the most amazing and wonderful things that consistently surprises me about God is how he shows up in our lives no matter where we are. He shows up consistently. He shows up um, as, as a constant. And he's, he shows up as a constant so much that sometimes we forget 
and we we overlook God's goodness and we overlook his presence. Um, but no matter where you are, no matter what you come in here with this morning, no matter what you will leave here with this morning, God is constant. God is there. And God wants us to come to him exactly as we are with all of the emotions, with all of the baggage, with all of the um, things that we carry along with us with the burdens, with the past, with the things that we want to see happen. God meets us there, and he wants us to come exactly as we are. So we are going to sing this morning a song called Exactly That, called, called Come As You Are. Um, you might need to listen to it. It's been a while even since uh, First Fire folks have sang this song. Um, but we know that God meets us right where we are. We know that God meets us on the mountaintop and in the valley. And that we can be with him there, even in our inconsistency, in our humanness, we can meet a perfect and constant God, and that he wants to meet us right where we are. So let's sing together this morning.
minutes extra sleep, okay? 10.15 for this service, all right? And then um, there will be an in-person service, kind of following the same protocols that we've been following that will start at 9 a.m., all right? So starting in the morning, 9 a.m., in-person service inside, um, park inside, park lot, come in that door, temperature check, all of the, the normal stuff we've been doing. And then 10:15 service out here as it has been. Um, the class that we're doing on Sunday morning will move from Sunday morning to um, Wednesday at 7 um, p.m. starting on the 18th of November. That will be online only, no in-person. All right. Um, I think that's that's covering all the bases. That starts next week. And uh, that will be our schedule until something else uh, shifts and changes, but we're going to roll with that for a while. All right, 9, per, nine o'clock, in person, inside, 10.15, this service. All right? Um, we, if you do happen to forget and you show up at 9.30 out here and the worship team is practicing, um, they have promised they will not shame you. They will just wave at you and say, I'll see you in a few minutes. All right? All right, have a great week, and we'll talk to you very soon.